Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, the Chicago Bulls are the talk of the town, and the Chicago Bears make no moves at the trade deadline. Aaron Rodgers is an absolute idiot, and Jorge Soler is a World Series MVP with the Atlanta Braves. We'll break it all down on episode 61 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Galma. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Galma. The man on the other side of the Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanConnell. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. Part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Well, did you think that in November, early November, the talk of the town and excitement would be around the Chicago Bulls? Because I don't think anyone thought that. Over the last 10 years, more so five. But now you have this team here that revamped everything in the offseason and said, let's have some fun. And they are really, really fun. And and it's getting to that point where I'm not going to call it appointment TV because it's not there yet. But it's something that you... Wow. kind of seek out and go, this is worth my time again. This is what I want to do with my evenings, is watch this Bulls team, have some fun, cheer on our guy Io, have a good dinner, relax, and it's 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 smooth sailing from there. Yeah, I guess you caught me a little off guard initially by saying it's not appointment television yet, and I get it, because last episode we were talking about uh, with Joakim Noah 9 and reminiscing a little bit on that era of Chicago Bulls basketball. And we literally did mention that, right? When Derrick Rose was in his prime and leading the charge, that's what appointment Chicago Bulls basketball was. So I, I get it. Um, getting close to there, though, like if you're a diehard fan of the NBA and you're a diehard Chicago Bulls fan, like one of the mega meatballs, you're probably already there. <laughs> you're probably already definitely making this team appointment television. Um, and to, to answer the initial question of who to dunk it right this early on, just not even an entire week into November and the beers are already kind of on the back burner in terms of excitement level, in terms of sports focus in the town, right? More, more sports fans are probably definitely more excited about the basketball team in this town and, and you know if you relate it to where the Chicago Bears are so i think if you asked me before if you asked me like a month or two ago i would have said oh they'll probably be in a better spot you know because of all the moves and everything that they did in the off season so it's not surprising to me that the Chicago Bulls are kind of making headlines or I should say better headlines. The Chicago Bears obviously still make plenty of headlines <laughs> in this town, but not necessarily the ones uh, you like reading about. But yeah, I mean, all things considered, I don't think it's a huge surprise. I think if anything, the surprising part is how early on it's seeming like to gel and really, you know, like this team, like you said, you know, brand new look, 
right? And they were wiping teams off the floor by 30-plus points in the preseason. And I remember even talking on the show about that. And, oh, okay, well, how much of that obviously realistically is going to carry over in the regular season? And, no, they're not wiping the floor with teams, but they've been competitive in every single game. Two losses by a combined, what, six points? It was that very close game against the Knicks. On Joakim Noah night, they lose by a, they lose by a point. And then losing by a couple buckets, five points. Um to Philadelphia just last night as we're recording the show uh, here on a Thursday. But, I mean, fun. <laughs> I would assume I'm getting in the action, right, especially the last couple games. And that comeback against Boston, I have no idea how that really happened. You know, I look at that meme when it was like, what, it showed the score when the Bulls are down, like, was it like roughly 20 points or something like that? And then it shows you the final score. So, I, I think that that's so far exactly where the pulse is at in this town, right? Is it's getting very close to wow, I almost want to watch as much Bulls basketball as I can. And the Bears, as we'll get to, you know, in, in just a little bit here as we, as we finish up what early on Bulls talks is, they're totally in a different direction, right? In terms of focus and care. I guess is the right word. And it's funny how it happens in a sports town like Chicago, right? When all it takes is for one of the other major sports teams to get a little buzz around, you know, buzz around the team and, you know, stack up the wins and the, you know, stack up that proper column, the keep tallying the W's, if you will. Um, Cause you know, the Blackhawks just aren't doing it for us. So they, they finally get a victory the other night, but you know, We've we've no need to talk about them necessarily. You know that we'll we'll focus on the other team at the United Center with the Chicago Bulls. And you're absolutely right. It's um hopefully like I said my it, it's weird. It's like man, have we like reached like the peak of the season and performance here? And then it's going to start maybe leveling out a little bit and setting our expectations because I, I hope not either. And hey ride this team all the way you know to the playoffs even if it's a low seed why not i know i'm getting ahead of myself here but i'm just saying if this isn't the peak and if they could somewhat you know keep this semi-consistently we said it early on we said it during preseason even before preseason when all the moves were being made that this definitely if they stay healthy is going to be a fun entertaining team to watch right like no matter what maybe the the fear was maybe there wouldn't be enough defense early on even though defense looking obviously things could still improve but it's not a perfect product necessarily. You're not going to go out, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be chasing rings anytime soon, but where they're at now and where they could be and where it seems the mindset is to build this team, it's, it's like finally, right? <laughs> I think that's the other thing. It's finally we're getting back to hopefully transitioning transitioning to another strong era of Bulls basketball because, let's face it, the last time we saw extremely entertaining and very fun competitive bulls brand of basketball was the Derrick Rose days and the stuff we were reminiscing on the other night with, on during Joe Kim Noah night. Yeah. And it's funny you, you mentioned that because I feel like this is the type of team that reminds me of how I felt watching those bulls teams. And it may not have been, you know, the Derrick Rose one that you expected to win a title before he got hurt. But it might be more so the Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich, you know, taking Boston to the to the seven games in that first round kind of team where you just watched every night and you were excited to do it. And it gives you a a reason to to watch now. Like they're just fun and they got a swagger about them and the way they play that is so different than what they were under Boylan and so different under Garpax that 
it's just refreshing. And it's so beautiful not to have to say those words with any meaning anymore because they've moved on. And they, they, they have a team now that's that's worth your time again. And, it, and it's it's been a long time to say that, um, especially in this city. But we got to, you know, we can talk about Levine and DeRozan and what have you. But we got to give our shout out to our guy, Io DeSumo. Morgan Park, Illinois' very own, uh, getting a chance here because of the Kobe White injury. And you looked at this depth chart and you go, Man, they are so guard heavy. Io's not going to get any playing time. He's probably a G leaguer, but gets a chance here because of White's injury, and he just delivers. And he had that fourteen point game. He's he's very aware on the floor, and he has his rookie moments. But what 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 I find interesting is he just looks relaxed and and comfortable and i'm relaxed and comfortable watching him it's not like i'm watching this rookie that looks out of place oh god then i feel bad for him and he's out of place and you're nervous watching like you almost forget he's on the bulls in a regular season game like i feel like i'm watching it as if he's either on illinois that i'm comfortable with or he's just playing for fun in a preseason game with the bulls but in reality he's logging a decent chunk of minutes in games that matter. And that switch has to kind of turn on and go, holy crap, like he can he can hold his own when a lot of people thought he would need some time to really get comfortable and develop. And I think that says a lot for a kid that's from here, not letting the pressure get to him. And it's fun. I mean, it's kind of playing with house money right now until Kobe White comes back, but he's definitely making a case to uh, stay in the rotation and it, and it Makes Illinois look great for producing an NBA player that quickly, uh, but I, I love it, and it's a little a line I love, so I can't I can't complain with that either. I love that you made that comparison because I was trying to articulate it in my head, and you're absolutely right. You're like you have that comfort level and trust level as almost if you're watching him with the Illini last year, right? And I know obviously it's going to be a different case for guys like us who you if you're gonna if you're watching a lot of college basketball, you know, say like last season even, it's because you're watching a lot of Iota Sumo, right? Like that's what you were doing. You were watching Illinois. So it's funny like seeing such a quick transition, like just last season, you're watching him compete in college for the Illini. And obviously, yes, that's how it works in the NBA day, and I know, but you've watched so much of that. And now seeing him with your hometown team, the Chicago Bulls, it's not like you're watching highlights of him, say, like with a team like, you know, Magic or, you know, Pelicans. No, he's right here at home and you're still watching him. And that is something you notice is just that comfort level, being able to be on the wing or somewhere behind the three point line and comfortably right in a close game, just put up a three and drain it. <laughs> like, so like just look like a proper pro out there. And like you said, there's still things where growing pains along the roads, but still better than like you said when you look at the roster initially and when you hear about some of the things that were being said early on okay maybe you know it's going to take a little bit of time before he's like even where he's at now in terms of comfort even like comfort level out there on the floor um it's impressive and obviously with that extra layer of the illinois ties and even go back to just actual like he's like you said morgan park ties makes it a lot more fun to watch and that's exactly what it is is you don't feel like as nervous right it's not to the team we're about to transition to too soon in the chicago bears where you literally noticeably see those growing pains and those flaws with the one justin fields i know we have the you know the the quarterback run you know for six points (laughs) that that we're going to be talking about you know you were there in the flesh weren't you joey you got to watch that run for a touchdown 
where like he almost had like no chance before the ball was snapped. Uh, it was like some weird percentage wise that he actually had of scoring a touchdown there. But so I get that. I get we had that glimpse of Fields recently, but we've seen so much bad and growing pains, or not necessarily bad, but those ooh moments, right, where you're feeling a little nervous and you're just really there. You know, either whether you're live at the game or whether you're watching it at home on the TV, you know, you have those nerves and you just wish it all pans out as good as it can. Right for for a rookie like that on the field, where I know it's a totally different player and it means something completely different to the franchise. I get that in terms of the apples to oranges comparison I'm making here, but in terms of just comparing it at a rookie standpoint and somebody you're really rooting hard for for your home team to be able to contribute and be comfortable out there and not take a long time and have so much growing pains along the way, it's pretty nice to see. So does that mean we have to transition to Bears now? No, I mean, we can go right to Aaron Rodgers. We can talk about Jorge Soler. We, we can mix it up. We can um, skip it, right? Uh, I mean, it's funny because even before we hit the record and said go here on the podcast, um, and, you know, it's kind of how we structure the show. And obviously, we're going to leave with Bulls because Bulls are the talk of the town, right? And as you mentioned, beers in the rearview mirror. But I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Like, I don't even know how, like, I care less. <laughs> like, the the only thing I know with the Chicago Bears, and you know, we'll break it down a little more than just this very macro sense that I'm about to say, but Justin Fields, we know we want him here for the long call until they figure everything else out with how the rest of the year is going to go, how the line's going to play, what the offense is even going to look like on a week to week basis. It's like just when we think we're there with the style of attack and like a heavy run game and then we mix it up a little bit and then we go back to it. And what do we even see this Sunday when Matt Nagy's back on the sidelines? Cause correct me if I'm wrong. He will be back on the sidelines this week. Exactly. So, you know, then, then there's going to be that narrative. And then there was the narrative last week because he wasn't on the sidelines due to COVID protocols that oh, like, it's just all over the place right now, really with the Chicago bears and, you know, mostly what I do want to hit on is making no moves at the trade deadline because that's kind of what I mean is until they start figuring it out, until obviously where it's going to take the end of year to them once again fully recap it and maybe it was like Black Monday or something like that in the NFL when, you know, coaches get fired or this or that. And until like they tell me what the heck or show us as a fan base what the hell they're actually going to do with this team, I don't know how I feel. Because the only thing that they've really committed to at this point that's pro- that makes us all happy, I think the majority of Bears fans happy, is that they're committing to Fields as the starter. And they're committing to him as the starter like till the end of the season, obviously. But that's about it. With no moves at the trade deadline, and there was names I reckon you could have moved, right? Like There's still big names on this roster. And, I mean, who knows how hard they tried or didn't try, but the fact that nothing was made and you have this rookie quarterback that you have to build around and picks, we don't have many. And I'm sure there's definitely, with the names we have, a few second rounders, or even third rounders you could have had. And I would have liked that, you know, because <laughs> Fields, is, that's what we have. Like, that's the only, what we hope for is certainty, right? For the, like, that's the only mainstay. And he's definitely the mainstay for at least another season or two, no matter how it all pans out, right? So we're committing to him for at least a few years. You hope for eight plus years. So can we start figuring out how we're going to build around them? Because what we have now, the product on the field is not that great. I was going to say garbage. It's not garbage, but it's mediocre, it's 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 level par at best as i throw a golf reference in there because i've been so addicted to the to the game but i mean that's what it is so 
that's why the Bears are in the rear view. We were super excited about Justin Fields. He's having a little bit of growing pains, partially because of the team around him. I get that, but and by the way, in case you haven't noticed, that's the uh, that's the uh, phrase of the show is growing pains, as as I've been throwing it around a lot lately. But until then, Joey, I don't really care. I don't really care. Sorry, isn't that, isn't that sad? <laughs> like you wait all year and then you just kind of get apathetic. It's funny. Like I get so pissed off at this team all the time. But then the second I walk in that damn stadium on a Sunday, my brain completely switches, and I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I want to be there. I can't wait for it to start. And it's like everything kind of refreshes. And then the same stuff happens again in the end. <laughs> it's like a vicious cycle. But I will say, you know, last week's game, I left a little less angry because they weren't as inept. They actually showed some offense. That, that That's a Justin Fields game you want to remember because he played very well. Obviously, that, that crazy touchdown run will be forever linked to him and his career um, as maybe the, the start of something special, we all hope. Um, but, you know, it was a defense that let you down a little bit, but it, it was a game that felt a little better. And I think that's why they didn't make a trade at the deadline and what we're kind of left with the rest of the year is it's just about the development of the quarterback, and you're going to hopefully feel a little better each week. Um, but sadly, that may be all you're getting because the gauntlet of games coming up still is is tough. But, I, you know, you want them to win. You want them to play hard and do everything. But I just don't know if we're going to get it. So we got to zero in on what we can get out of this experience, and that's hopefully Justin Fields growing because I, I think we all see it, right? I, this isn't... Trubisky, where you were kind of leaning more on hope than actual play or evidence you saw each week. Like the the team won him and they made the playoffs and they did well, but you didn't you were never really convinced that he was this answer because of the play. You kept thinking, well, it's growing pains. He'll get better, he'll get better. I think we've seen enough from Justin Fields already to know that he's light years ahead of Trubisky and can be that guy if in the right situation and groomed properly, but has the innate tools and awareness to be that lead quarterback that you've been searching for. So I I, I think we can all go to bed at night in agreement on that. Now it's a matter of what the team can do, like you said, that macro level around them and how do you get the most out of everything for the rest of this year? Because, you know, you were supposed to beat the Niners at home. I mean that that that's a game you're supposed to win. On a, may have may have gotten the points in the in the betting space, but you were supposed to win on paper when the schedule came out. So you know if you lose that one and you go to three and five, then you play Pittsburgh and Green Bay and Baltimore and all these teams. You know you could be easily looking at three and eight in a month, and then you're you're completely done. And so then where does your attention turn? It it, it, it I guess it has to be the quarterback and. I'm 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 frustrated that it's come to that because I don't like just giving up on a season. I take the Theo Epstein model, every season's sacred, but I guess they're okay with what this is going to be and maybe have reassurances from up above that they're not going to be fired for losing. So we'll have to wait and see. So just for the sake of the show, we'll talk about this. <laughs> well, we'll talk about this coming. We'll talk about this coming up week uh, against Pittsburgh, and then obviously, depending on how that goes, you have the bye, and then you're facing Ravens four days later with the Thanksgiving game against the Lions, who 
feel pretty confident against that for whatever reason we just always beat the lions one because they suck even you know even worse than the bears do the past decade plus but that being said if they lose this monday night to the steelers doesn't even matter how it really necessarily goes down it's an l and l's and l's and l's and l get your ass beat by the packers get your ass beat by Tampa Bay really gets your ass beat by Tampa Bay. I mean, at least obviously Green Bay was semi-competitive to the end, right? Lose to the Niners and the Steelers team, who is not the Steelers of old, right? Like th- this is definitely a winnable game. Like you're going into Monday night saying this is a winnable game for the Bears. Like if they come out with this victory, it won't shock me. And that's the Bears, <laughs> the Bears we know them today, right? That we're so frustrated about. So if they were to drop that game right before the bye week, I think that even puts you in a different place than now. I mean, we're we're semi pessimistic and kind of already looking at things from a very like as we were saying macro level. With all right, well, until you guys figure this out, I'm not going to care as much. Sure, we're tuning into every game. Sure, we'll root for the win, but really, it's just all about fields. But then the questions get a little crazier, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. But it is this Monday night when they face the Steelers, and if you don't come out victorious in Pittsburgh, what is that looking like? Because those are the back to uh, after those, you know, ass kickings. Once again, especially by the Buccaneers, you know, you go back to back Green Bay, Tampa Bay losses. Could have, probably should have beat San Francisco. You didn't. You really can't afford to lose another one, especially for this coaching staff, right? Unless collaboration well, at the end of the year wins off. But but think about it, right? Like we complained last year because they used that six game losing streak to keep their jobs, right? Oh, don't, you don't have to bring that up. You don't. But, have to, but the, and no, the year before it. that was four. Sure. So now you're looking at. A three-game losing streak currently. So, Pittsburgh, not confident. Ravens, not confident. Okay, so balloons to a five-game losing streak before the Lions game. Maybe a win, and then the Cardinals and the Packers. So, so are we going to have this whole thing again where they're going to lose five or six or seven or eight in a row? In a row, and then we're going to have to be sold, but these guys are the right guys for the job again? Like, that's why it's... It's crazy. I literally remember sitting with you last year talking about this, and I go, they're at six. What happens if they get to seven and eight and nine and ten? And how can any of these people keep their job? And then they use it to keep their job. And now we're in the same spot a year later. Well, that's why at four, if it were to get that, like, if, if, once again, like, it's a winnable game. Let's not forget that. It's a winnable game. But that's where it gets very interesting. If 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 you want to live more in the moment and have something to view other than fields and the game as a whole, it's definitely that result. Because if you lose four in a row, and even you know Nagy's not even good after bye weeks, and you know if you were to lose the Steelers and go into a bye, which Nagy's not great at, granted, you know albeit he's still a very young head coach in the NFL, but still doesn't have a great record after the bye. Does he even have a win after the bye? I'm not sure, as a matter of fact. Um, I do know he's not good after the bye. Well, you know, I'll look it up after the show anyways. But then you go and you face the Ravens. Ugh. I mean, like you said, it, if you you lose again, if you end up losing against the Steelers, it's very possible you can have then a five-game losing streak. And then what do you do at the end of the season? Spin the same – I mean – They've, that that coaching staff, Nagy's been doing it right. He's been spewing the same old mumbo jumbo ever since things started to go south there at the lake front. But it's it, what is it, deja vu all over again? Because that's the only thing you could do if you bring them all back. It would literally be the same exact thing. Is all oh, the X amount of game losing streak built the character, and it would just be silly. So I mean, if there's anything to look at, it's definitely that. Because if they drop that game against the Steelers, who oh boy, that's going to that's going to make things interesting for one. 
you know, after week 18 concludes and the Bears most likely, you know, not being in the postseason. So we'll wait and see. One team that will be in the postseason, even though they don't have their starting quarterback this week, I'm sure he comes back maybe after this week, Aaron Rodgers, knucklehead, how about it? It was weird. <laughs> like, there's There's been so much nonsense, you know, in, in terms of like sporting news this week that it's just been an absolute headache. Um, this being one of them that's obviously closer to Chicagoland sports with, you know, the Packers being just the, the, the hated rival and whatnot, but it's dumb. I, I don't understand it. I mean, it's really stupid. <laughs> it's lying or I guess technically didn't officially lie about it. Right. In terms of on the record saying, yes, I 100%, you know, using the exact words of have been vaccinated from just all silly ass nonsense. And, just one of those frustrating things from it when you're a Bears fan watching from not too not too far away. Just another one of the headaches and a reminder of, you know, the time we have to be living in now. Yeah, it, it it's crazy. I mean, it's... If you wanted more reasons to dislike Green Bay and him, you got one right there. Uh, because it was just so maddening to see all this That was a yesterday. layup, huh? Was oh, layup easily. And I'm not very good at layups. You've seen me play basketball. It's scary. Um... But, no, it, it, it's... Listen, I, I'm not going to get here and preach about vaccine. Well, I might later in the show. But the point is, no matter what, you need to be truthful about what's going on. And the reality is the NFL has very strict protocols if you are unvaccinated. And so for him to give the mirage that he was, and then subsequently not go through the unvaccinated protocols, not masking, going out not six feet apart, going to meetings, going to restaurants, going to Halloween parties. And then to have this come out, it's it, it's just such a selfish move and such a, just in a football perspective, you know, they always say a team captain or leader should like be the role model example and do whatever it takes for his team. Clearly, in this case, he didn't because he would have gotten vaccinated if he did. Because by doing so, he put everyone else at risk, but also himself for one, getting sick, but two, he could theoretically miss two games in a playoff run. And that's that's the most selfish thing you can do on a team. And so it's it's just infuriating that he did this for, from that football perspective, but also from a health and safety one, the amount of people that he could technically have endangered is staggering. And now you wonder... You know, how is this circling around? Because the Bears and Packers both got COVID kind of that same week. And then he got positive. And how many more people did he spread it to? And it's just, or, and people that thought he may have been vaccinated put their guard down. It's just, we're, we're at this weird place, like you said. And it's just, I, I don't understand for the life of me. People still don't understand the fact that one, the vaccine is not a cure. It's phenomenal, but it's not a cure. And then subsequently, how. Your decision not to get vaccinated affects all those around you. I don't get how almost two years into this thing, we're still not all understanding that. Like, it's beyond me. And my last one on this is, and I'll let you jump back in. And I, I, it, it may be a horrible comparison, and I'm sorry, but it, it, it's what comes to mind because of what's happened this week. And I want to bring up the Henry Rugg situation in Vegas. And hideous car accident. Drunk driving, 156 miles per hour in a residential zone, takes the life of a young woman. It's, it's, it's a hideous story. I mean, planes go that fast off the ground. 
And he was going that fast down a regular street. Um, but it comes back down to the idea of it's selfish of what he had done. And, 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 and I marry the two together because it should, Aaron Rodgers' transgression should be treated the same way of you did something that could endanger the lives of everyone around you. But you thought it was okay because it was your personal choice. And I related to the drunk driving scenario, too, that we happen to have this week with Ruggs. Of, of he made a selfish decision that subsequently affected those around him to the point of a young woman passing away. And the same could have been done by Rogers by him taking that selfish move and infecting someone that's immunocompromised or even was vaccinated but was in a demographic that maybe was more susceptible to catching uh, the virus. And so I know it's, you know, a serious and morbid kind of relation here, but I truthfully don't see a difference, and it frustrates the hell out of me that people seem to do that when lives are at stake. And I'm taking football out of it because that's that's where it needs to go. But that's just, that's, I don't know. That That's my thoughts on it. It's just frustrating as hell, and it makes you just... Really, really lose a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers if you hadn't lost it already. Wow. Well, there you go. I like how you – well, I don't like necessarily, but you went with ah, – I'm not going to get too much into it necessarily. Then there we go. <laughs> Once <laughs> I get started, you have to. No, it's totally fine. And to me, like – I mean, retweet, you know, to – you know, a lot of what you just, you know, said there, obviously I could definitely just sit here and echo a lot of the same sentiments, but the biggest thing about it all is how cowardly you had to be where if you don't want to get it fine, I'll even go as far as say fine, but then at least be honest and follow proper protocol, right? If you want to be one of the, was it Cole Beasley in Buffalo or, you know, if, if you want to be in that crowd and maybe not in that crowd in terms of how you're going to speak out against it, and be like, you know, very vocally, you know, anti-vaccine. Like, if that's if that's where you were going to be at the end of the day is choosing not to get it, then you at least could have just been completely honest about that. And why not? I mean, kind of like you said, as a quarterback and as a leader of the team, that's like, in terms of football and just sports, that's where you should be, right? Probably should have just got the damn thing and just moved on with it. But if for whatever reasons and beliefs that you have – you're choosing not to, and you, you, you obviously you know where, where you stand today. Like you're not forced to, but you would be forced to at least follow the proper protocols. So if at the end of the day, if you're going to be one of the players in the NFL that opts not to get it for whatever reason, then just the amount of cowardliness that like that is like not to just say that's where my stance is, right? And then like then like you said, everybody else knows. And who knows? Maybe a lot of his teammates did know, maybe a lot of his teammates didn't, right? Because he's just you know, messing around with it as if like, oh maybe I did, maybe I didn't, or no I did, wink wink. And it's like if you didn't, you didn't. Like what what's it to you then? What you don't want the criticism or or I mean Obviously, there's going to be plenty of people out there that that's obviously thinks that's foolish that he didn't. But you know, if you want, to, fine. <laughs> I'm literally like I'm. I have my own beliefs on it. But if you're going to be somebody who like just for, once again for whatever reason chooses not to get it, then at the very least you could have done that. Right, right? own and, it. It's like that's the difference. Is if I don't want to do something, but it only affects me, 
you know, if you want to spin your PR, that's fine. But whatever. Right. But, but when I'm choosing something that, oh, by the way, affects others around me and, and endanger them if I don't tell the truth, that's terrible. Well, like you said, the perfect word you use is just the selfishness of it, right? Like, that's another thing where I'm hinting at is like, you know, you can use cowardly and selfish, and but that's what it is. <laughs> like, it's, that's just like ultimate, like, selfishness in that scenario if that's what you're going to choose to do is not get it and then act, right? Act as if you did. Not even, you know, he was like very wink, wink about it, but it's like, just say it then. Right, because then at least people know. Like you were mentioning, what if there's somebody's like immune compromised? Like, well, then at least you know. Hey, I know that's somebody who you know who hasn't gotten the vaccine. Like you were at least conscious of that then. To whereas you could be somebody, you know, who you know has pre-existing conditions, and you're of the assumption that he was. So that's where it just gets stupid. That's where it gets silly. And like you say, it gives, gives you just another reason. That was a layup, right, for Bears fans to just. You know, not not be a fan of the the Green Bay Packers or one uh, quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. But I guess we can end the show with something celebratory. Yes, no. Atlanta Braves, World Series champions, Jorge Soler, World Series MVP. I guess that's a good thing. Maybe not. Does it like strike the wrong chord with you, Joey? I don't know. It was an interesting World Series. It was an interesting postseason. Um, I would have loved for my White Sox to go a lot farther than, well, not far at all, unfortunately, to the one playoff win. But, hey, how about it? Jorge Soler, former Cub for you, being a World Series MVP. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he, he you know... He was always an interesting prospect and then just kind of flourished the last little while in KC. And now, obviously, with the Braves, I mean, MVP, mashing homers left and right. I mean, it's it's incredible. And, you know, it's one of those other ones that got away when you were trying to win it all and you and you send away the Glebar Torres of the world, the Jorge Solares of the world. And to be fair, back then, Soler was good, but not obviously what he is right. now. And so... You know, you, you did that at the cost for Wade Davis, and you got to an LCS, so I guess it works. But good for him. You know, he he, he deserves it. He'll get a nice payday, I'm sure. Uh, Jock Peterson getting another ring as well. So, you know, a nice storyline for two Cubs that, you know, obviously this year when they decided to throw in the white t- white flag that – or throw in the towel with the white flag. Oh, what, one of them. Uh, if you throw in the towel, you can white towel. <laughs> That's true. There you go. Uh, that when they did that, you know, that Jock gets to go somewhere and win. And, you know, him, besides Baez, you know, Rizzo, Schwarber, Peterson, all, and Bryant all got playoff. And that's pretty cool. And then you, you'll see who, who stays and who goes and, and where it goes from there. But, yeah, this this was a interesting World Series because no one ever expected Atlanta to get there and they kind of had a similar Cubs conundrum in the middle of the year, and they decided to spend, even without Acuna, and they won the whole damn thing. And that's what's beautiful about baseball sometimes, and it's it's fun, good for the city, and, and, and good for that team, because uh, it's been a long while since they had a championship there in Atlanta. A lot of blown 3-1 leads, so they, they, they held on. Yeah. They held on this time, which was uh, which was fun to see. And you mentioned how how many times throughout this postseason did we hear Rizzo, Schwarber, and then later on Soler, Peterson, like all the names, whether it be because you know they're they're cranking out home runs, the whole damn starting ball. lineup. It's it's just silly. Like there was there was a former Cub, you know, very recent former Cub, like 
doing something good in the postseason almost like every day or every other day, especially early on. And just, 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 you know, very interesting to see. And I know, I mean, there's a lot of Cub fans who think, you know, one of those Cubs might come back and not necessarily, you know, you look at like a Javi Baez who, you know, you know, nothing in the postseason, but that's one of the names that a lot of Cub fans are linking to return potentially back to the team, or maybe it's a Rizzo or who knows. I, obviously that's definitely a talk for a different day, but yeah, it was very, very interesting, you know, and it, it was just kind of, it was, you know, that funny relation where like, there's always, like, even Wilson Contreras, right. With his brother, like now they have, they're sharing the same world series anniversary date. Was it November the 2nd? Um, and like, just obviously not two Cubs related, you know, Contreras still being on the team and his brother never being on the, you know, I've never been a, a former Cub himself, but there was still that other Cubs connection, right? There was, there was these Cubs connections all throughout the postseason, uh, whether it be, like I said, former players or a Contreras connection or, or you name it. So just uh, constant reminders for the Cub fans out there, right, that, you know, their team wasn't in it. And it was only five years ago as of, you know, Five years and two days, you know, you were celebrating, you were celebrating that first World Series in a hundred years. It feels like decades ago. Yeah, like I've, I've, I know a I've lot's happened in the last fans, five yeah. years too in the world. I mean, you know, I don't think that's ever. I mean, I could be wrong, history buffs, but like this has been pretty crazy. So it just makes everything seem like it was eons ago. Well, like we were saying, the Cubs won the World Series, and then literally the day I like five years later, it's been just nonstop big news like there's just been tons of right. tons of you know world changing events and pandemic being the most recent and big biggest one of them all you know dating back to last year but yeah that, that that's where we're at and you know i i think most cup fans could probably still feel good about that though seeing something like a jorge soler you know when it was like you said it wasn't one of the it's, it would be a totally different if let's just say ooh, let's let's just fantasize this this would be great like white Sox winning the world series you see like eloy jimenez win like mvp or like that would be brutal or like if dylan cease won like a world like that would be brutal or if Glenn, then i'll start know, crying next year Right, if there's like a Glabar Torres or something that wins it, like that's different. Those are the big pieces and those are the real big names. And Solaire, I remember definitely being a respected prospect, but not nearly on the same level as like an Eloy Jimenez or or a Glabar Torres. So just not there. But for that reason, I think something to be celebrated. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, yeah, the Eloy one will hurt. So whenever your White Sox win, I may have to cry a little bit. But uh, no, good good for those guys you know you want to root for them especially you know it wasn't like anyone went away kind of bitterly and i think people are more pissed at the team for getting rid of the people than at the guys themselves because no <laughs> because no one left via free agency really or walked away the cubs organization sent them all away so everyone's pissed yeah. at ricketts and all of them versus the guys themselves so i think because of what they meant to the city they're, you know, going to be fan favorites for life wherever they go. Well, hopefully you're crying next year when Eloy Jimenez wins. The, I don't want to see you cry, Joey, but when Eloy Jimenez wins the uh, World Series MVP next year, uh, that's what maybe I should make an early prop bet. You know, Eloy Jimenez. For, I don't even know if that would be available. I, I highly doubt it is. But um, before we go, Joey, funny how this all works. I want to bring it back to one particular team who we said we were already didn't keep give a crap about in the Chicago Bears because it doesn't even need to be a scoring prediction, just Monday Night Football, Bears versus Steelers, what do you reckon the outcome will be? 
A closer than you think loss. Wow. So they're going to set them. So you mean to tell me that five game losing streak is going to be right there, right on the cusp when they face the Ravens, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I know the Steelers aren't the Steelers, but they're they're good enough to beat you. And I think from what we saw last week, the offense has a chance to show up, but it's prime time, which usually means the Bears crap the bed. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. You know, I something tells me I, I don't know what it is. is, is this is going to be the goofy just sports fan in me. Something tells me they're going to win. I don't know. I just have this feeling, but I could see it and. I have a feeling, once again, here's all these sports feelings, right, that Nagy knows, right? He has to know how big this one is. And I know as a head coach, you take it week by week, and he's probably been overly optimistic to a fault, Matt Nagy has. But you know that if you lose this week, now you're already riding a a four-game losing streak, facing a Lamar Jackson and the Ravens team a couple weeks later for potentially five in a row that you could lose. And he just has to like the losing streak has to stop. It's at three. Now you have to do everything in your power to make sure you're not, you're not facing the Ravens riding a four game losing streak. So does that mean like, Oh, because of that, they're going to win. And because of that, they're going to figure out a perfect game plan. I don't know, but this is one of the most probably what, first or like second or third biggest playoff game ever in Nagy's career, you know, because obviously you're, you're thinking of maybe a you know, playoff game against the Eagles and Saints were at that time, you know, a little bigger. And if he did, he did better in those games, even though there was a, you know, double doinker against the Eagles. And, you know, last year, at least we had a Nickelodeon MVP, but still, this is, this is definitely the biggest regular season game, I think. Um, some might argue if they end up losing and then they go on ahead and face the Ravens, you know, maybe that will become the new biggest regular season game. So, um, I, I, because of that, I could see them, the Bears really squeaking out a win here. And then once again, changing the narrative in this town, but I guess we'll find out. So that we will. So Joey has them as losers taking an L on once again on primetime television monday night football you know what that means the past few seasons bears lose but well, well didn't i pick them to win last week so maybe if i pick them to lose they'll win there Aha. you go and i picked them to win last week as well and i'm gonna pick them to win this week so sorry i can't uh positive and negative i think that's still equal oh, that equals a negative so sorry don't know what to tell you but Next time we have this show, we'll definitely touch base on that and go over um, what our predictions were and how that panned out. Hopefully for all the Bears fans out there, it ends with a victory. But until then, he's Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. I'm Dan Collins, you can find on Twitter at TweetsDanCollins. This fine, lovely show on Twitter as well, at Believe in Chicago. As always, we are brought to you, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one home for podcast home for professionals we'll catch you next time Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.